This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Be kind, be kind. It's not that hard to be nice. You might just save a life. So be kind, be kind. A warm smile, a warm touch, a warm hand can help so much. Any act of kindness, no matter how small, may help one rise and stand tall. From the song Be Kind by Anne Purcell. Valeria interviews Anne Purcell. She is a philanthropist, award-winning author, and songwriter. Her latest publication is Tender Flower of Heaven, which is a collection of 130 poems. Anne has been a full-time teacher of Transcendental Meditation since 1973, teaching Transcendental Meditation in advanced courses in many countries around the world. In addition, she has worked on curricula and course development for universities and continuing education programs. Anne is also an international leader of the TM Women Organization and oversees the teaching of Transcendental Meditation in girls' schools and communities in several countries in Africa. Anne founded Enlightenment for Everyone in 2012. She donates all proceeds from her photography books and music to its educational programs. Meet Anne at enlightenmentforeveryone.com. Here's the interview with Anne Purcell. In your own words, who is Anne Purcell? Uh, thank you, Val- Valeria. Uh, first of all, for having me on uh, on your podcast, I really appreciate it. Anne Purcell—that's uh, my name. First of all, um, I am just a simple person. I'm a teacher of transcendental meditation. I've written some books. I've written a couple poetry books, and I like to write songs. And who am I essentially as a person is really the same who everyone is. We have two aspects to ourselves. We have our individual aspect and our universal aspect. And the universal aspect is that silent state of being, which we all can connect to through one's type of meditation they do. And then we have our individual aspects, which is our personality and our likes and dislikes and our creativity and our talents, tennis, sports, cooking, whatever our talent is. So my individual aspect enjoys most things in life. I love the beach and I love I love 
to cook and I love to write and write poetry and write songs. And I love to teach meditation as well. Oh, wow. I have lots of questions already besides ones here. So I love the um, universal aspect that you speak of that's here that we all have access to it. Is that what you call the spiritual side aspect of human beings? Yes, but I'd even take it one step deeper because, first of all, spiritual can have many meanings. And I think when people are spiritual, they're interested in higher knowledge, higher learning. Uh, they're interested in oneness of life. They want a deeper life for themselves. It could mean it could mean they're religious also, or maybe they're not religious, but they're interested in higher truth. But you, when I talk about the universal aspect, I'm talking about the experience of being, the experience of pure silence, which is an unbounded state. It's a, it's a state that everyone has within them. We all have an active level of our mind, and we all have quieter level, levels of our mind. And we can even transcend that quietest level and experience that state of pure silence, pure being, the essence of who we are. And yes, that's completely a spiritual experience It's an, because it's an experience of wholeness and fullness. It's the integration of the mind body and spirit into one experience of wholeness and being. So that's what I mean when I say spiritual. It's not the intellectual seeking of spirituality, which is good and, and beautiful, but it's the experiential value of one's essence. Mm, wow. I love that. And would you say that we can only have access to that experience uh, through meditation Well, interestingly, and that's what my first book is about, because I quote many, many people throughout time, from Einstein to Wordsworth to saints and, 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 and texts from the different religions, from athletes and writers and artists who have all had the experience of the transcendent. It's within everyone and any point In one's life, many people have had that experience very spontaneous, very naturally, because it's the essence of who we are. But they, they came across the experience spontaneously, and it was so transformative that it, in many, in, at, in many instances, changed the direction of their life. But then they weren't able to have it again, because chances are they tried to have it. And meditation is a way to experience it. Uh, the technique I use is transcendental meditation because it's a very natural, effortless technique and one can experience uh, pure transcendence in a very effortless, natural way. And it can grow daily in life as well. That has been one of my, let's say, biggest questions about how can we apply, how can we bring the flavor of that experience, this experience of wholeness, as you say, to the daily moment-to-moment -moment living? Yeah, I would love to hear from you. How can we do that and what it's called? We talked briefly off record, so I have an idea. And also, Anne, if you could, is that the same as enlightenment, the experience of wholeness that you speak of? 
yes. Can I address your first question? And then I'll, then I'll do the second one. How can we bring that experience into daily life? Yes. Every experience we have changes our brain. Everything we see on the outside changes our brain. Every moment in the day we watch a scary TV show, our heart rate starts pumping. We watch a very happy movie and at the end we're just smiling and we just feel joy. So every experience changes our brain. Now, when we transcend through TM, that's also an experience, and that also changes our brain. And research shows that there's more coherence between the left and right hemisphere of the brain. And we've all experienced when we're stressed and frenetic, nothing goes right, we say things we don't mean, Just, but when we're calm and relaxed, the whole day goes smoothly, we smile upon everything. So when we transcend, we're experiencing that state of coherence, that state of silence. And then because the mind and body are interconnected, as the mind settles down to that state of pure silence, the whole physiology gets a very deep state of rest. And when we come out of meditation, we're feeling more relaxed, the mind is more clear, and we're bringing that silence with us into activity. Now, what happens is over time, that silence, that fullness, that joy spills and grows more and more into our activity. It's like taking a cloth and dipping dipping it into yellow dye. Then we put it in the sun and then it fades, but then we dip it in the yellow dye again. We put it in the sun again and then a little more of the yellow dye stays and we keep repeating that process until the yellow dye stays. So, and when the yellow dye stays, getting back to your second question, enlightenment, that's enlightenment. When we have that pure silence, that pure bliss, that pure fulfillment, independent of the changing world outside, it's just a state of our being. When we have that also in activity. So it grows little by little every day. And and Maharishi, who brought transcendental meditation to the West, and I loved when he said this, he said, enlightenment is not some far-off mystical state that only people in caves can gain. It's something we it's something that we enjoy the enfoldment of every day, a little bit more and more, because it's there inside of us. It's just a mat, it's just a matter of opening our awareness to the transcendent, experiencing it twice a day for 20 minutes in our daily meditation practice. And little by little, those qualities of the transcendent grow in our daily life. That sounds wonderful, almost like a song to me, <laughs> listening <laughs> to you all. This song of, ah, yeah, of the silence. I've actually written several songs. Uh, I'll send them to you sometime. Yes, please. <laughs> that, uh, that express or try to express the experience of transcendence in the form of music and also in the form of a video that goes along with the music that give, tries to give a taste of that abstract experience of silence because it's not a f- flat, empty silence. 
It's full of energy and dynamism. Silence flows. And you've heard all the great poets and mystics describe the transcendent throughout time as a state of, it's like being in the universe, or it's like all the galaxies, or it's like the river flowing, or it's like an experience of the golden sun, or it's an experience of oneness with all of creation, or it's an experience of pure love. And so I try to put that experience in in song po- in, and poetry as well. So even though it's an abstract experience, it's it's a very rich experience, and it's actually ultimately a more concrete experience than the changing world outside because the outside is always changing. This is always inside you. It's a non-changing state. You, you know that say, a Shakespeare quote, men may come and men may go, but I go on forever. <laughs> that I is the transcendent, that un, unmovable silence within everyone, unmovable, unshakable. But yet it does move. It's actually kind of a paradox. It's darkness, but it's also light. It's silence, but it's also dynamism. It's unmovable, yet it flows like a river. And that's the two qualities of life, rest and dynamism. All, All opposite values exist in the transcendent. Could we translate that silence, um, which is really, to me, union, the unification of everything? And can that be translated to, when it comes to action, to kindness and love? We'll be talking about kindness in a moment, more specifically. Or is that space that you speak of, which is spaceless anyway, is that something that there's no really qualities to it because it's not something it's not a thing so we can't really describe it what a beautiful beautiful question Uh, physics i don't know if you've heard about unified field theories yes yes but they've explained that the unmanifest state of existence is a unified field that connects everyone and everything and maharishi has said that the transcendent as a parallel, it's it's parallel. It's that it's that state that is the source of everyone, yet connects everyone and everything in crea- creation. He called it a field of infinite correlation, where everything and everyone is connected on that level. But it's also a state of pure love, and the more you experience it and move in it people report that they feel the heart opens up and the heart begins to flow more because the stress is melting. And because you begin to feel that connectedness more with your friends and your family and you feel that love flowing with your family, yes, of course, then you're naturally automatically more loving and kind You've heard the expression namaste, right? Well, the meaning of that is that I bow down to you, which is the same that is within within me. I bow to, and everyone, we say that state of transcendent is divine, 
because it's pure. It's just a pure state of silence. It doesn't have anything of the relative in it. It's just silence itself. It's love itself. It's our pure state of our being. And so that love begins to flow and people often comment that they can just be walking down the street or at the beach and all of a sudden they just feel love and it's not love of a person or which we do have also, but it's just love itself bubbling up. So it's a love that's independent of the changing world outside and that's really a state of what we can call enlightenment because it's a state of liberation. We're in the light of our self, which is non-dependent on any of the changing values of the outer world. And it's a state of pure love. And the, and the more we experience it, the naturally we don't want to harm other people because we're harming someone who has that state of divinity within them right. as well. So it's not a, really a practice because that state, that pure consciousness, which is not a state even, it's always here. So it doesn't need practice to get there because it's already here. So the practices that we engage in, and would you say that they are to uncover this pure consciousness, this uh, wholeness, this love that's already there? Uh, That's a very subtle, very subtle question. In a way, we can say pure consciousness is a state because waking state, waking our daily waking state is a state of consciousness that can be measured by the brain, your brain waves. A, A scientist can tell if you're waking, dreaming or sleeping just by looking at your brain waves. And transcendental consciousness has its own brain waves. It has its own oxygen output. So in a sense, it is a state. Uh, but it is always there and it underlies the waking, dreaming and sleeping state of consciousness. So it is always there. So it's really both. And um, I love what you said. Yes, it is something we just need to uncover. But um, with t- I, 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 because I practice TM and that's my expertise, the technique of TM It's like setting up for a dive. Once the dive happens, the dive happens automatically. So TM just teaches you how to set up for the dive, but then the dive happens automatically. And you do go deeper. You do go to finer, finer levels of your thinking process to quieter levels. And then you do transcend the finest level and experience the state of pure consciousness But at the same time, as I said before, it's stress that covers that state. It's like taking a a window with lots of dirt on it. And we we dive and we get through the dirt. And sorry for the noise. We dive and we get through um, the dirt and we see that clarity of the window. And every time we dive, a little bit more of the dirt goes away, a little bit more of the dirt goes away. And finally, the sun can shine through the glass of the of the window. It's the sun is always there, uh, but it does need to remove the dirt that covering it. And the dirt is analogous to the stress. But you do need to to dive into that state and experience it. And little by little, the stress goes away, and the sun 
within, the light within begins to shine out, shine. It begins, it's like the self reveals itself to itself, within itself, for itself, and then it begins to shine out. Once the light is bright, it starts to glow and shine out where others can see it as well. That, the glass, it made me think about the mind. Are they separate in a way? Nothing is separate, of course, but I have to speak that way for now. Pure consciousness that you speak of kind of, it shines through the mind, but it's not the mind, right, Anne? Well, if you think of the structure of the mind and and sort of our daily life, we have our senses. Mm -hmm. We have hearing, touch, taste, smell, and sight. And we take in information through all the five senses. And then our mind contains all those experiences. But then if we go a little deeper, our ego is the experience. The ego is what interprets, you could say, the, the, the experiences. But then if we go deeper, we have the intellect. And the intellect discriminates all those experiences but then we can even go deeper and we have a level of intuition or we could say the feeling level the feeling level uh just has is the closest to the transcendent and we've all had the experience oh if i'd just gone by my feeling because the feeling level is like connect, a lot of people say your gut feeling, that expression. And it's the, our feeling levels that guide us and, 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 and our mind or intellect sometimes discriminates the feeling. Oh, your heart wants to do one thing, but your mind says something else. And so if they're not in sync, then it's hard, then you're back and forth between the two. But the more we experience the transcendent, which is even beyond the mind, ego, and intellect, the more actually we become in tune with our feeling level. And the more thoughts, even our intellect, those very fine thoughts, those discriminating thoughts, those creative bursts of thought emerge from the transcendent. And when the mind is clear, when the mind doesn't have all the noise of all those thoughts, when it's very clear, it can pick up those very fine thoughts or fine creative expressions. And even deeper than that, it can pick up those feelings, fine feelings. So we're more in tune with our feelings, which is, I'd like to use the word that our feelings are like our um whispers of God, whispers of wisdom and guide us in our daily life. And we become more and more in tune with that. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. The feeling, because it's a very concrete kind of experiential thing, the feelings that there's something here and something that's true to us. It's, It's very clear, actually. But it's true that we often don't listen to that voice. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's because the mind is unclear. Yes. So that's the reason for meditation, that you are actually reminding me to practice meditation. <laughs> I, yes. I have not really engaged with meditation in a while. I do a lot of um, other kinds of spiritual practices, but they are more at the, um, I would say, intellectual level. It's something that means very interested in knowledge. 
Yes. But not experiences for some reason. Well, knowledge and experience go together too. And um, you can study your whole life, all the spiritual scriptures, all the great, uh, the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Buddhists, all of them you can study. And they're, and they're interesting and they, and they give us guidance in our daily life. You can read all about the kingdom of heaven within. You can read all about in, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Vedas, they talk about Ananda bliss. But unless you experience it, it, it does remain on the level of the intellect. So, but, but then you need the intellect. You need that wisdom, that guidance, what's in the scriptures really, or you don't need, but it helps to confirm your experiences. Oh, yes, that's what they're talking about, the kingdom of heaven within. Oh, yes, that's what they mean by um, love flowing or or being one with creation. When you actually have that experience, those experiences become alive and really become integrated as a as a reality into your daily life. So, so both are important. I guess the reason it might be because it, it really keeps coming back to me as a as something that's happening within me or, or this life. The people around me, my family members, they're very intellectual and they have a hard time even thinking about meditation. They will not engage with that. So they like understanding first. And maybe that's the reason why, perhaps that's the reason why I do what I do. I kind of engage in all these teachings and then I try to simplify and pass on to them. <laughs> that's what it seems to me that what that is happening right now in my life or this life. I can I can just share with my own family. I tried to convince them to do meditation for a yeah. long time, and <laughs> yeah. then I just gave up. And I just because they just we'd get in lots of discussions, and and then I just said I just basically let go of it totally. And interestingly enough, when I let go of it totally and almost didn't care what they thought, that's when they became interested. <laughs> and I've learned that the best I not is that just by living living the experience and not trying to convince them that that's when they become most interested. Ah, yes, yeah. I hear wisdom there, and that's not not easy to do, right? Well, with your family, you want them so much to understand your life and everything, but I, it took me a while, probably about ten years, before I got before I realized that, and when I let go and just didn't care and just was just happy and engaged with them on their level and what they were interested. And the funny thing is I find a lot of their friends now are, because there's such an uh, interest in spirituality these days with yoga and that they are getting interested in independently of me. And just uh, there's a general awakening. People want a better quality of life. They don't want the fear that's out in the world these days. And people are seeking. So I think it's just best, uh, at least in my experience, to be in your own joy and your own happiness. And if that radiates, radiates out to them, then that's when they'll, that will pique their interest more than anything. Thank you for saying that. And that it really resonates true to me going on that path. For some reason, I have this um, very deep wish to connect with others, 
in a yeah. more profound way. I'm using the same deep wish in profound ways, same thing. But that's the deep connection that I have always been looking for. I guess I'm doing this. That's why the podcast exists, because I wanted to connect with people in, at a deeper level. And that when that is um, kind of seems to be not happening with people around me, my husband and my friends, then it saddens me that I cannot connect with them at that I, level. <laughs> I, I totally relate to what you're going through. Absolutely relate. Because it, it's such an intimate, beautiful experience and you want to share it, but um, it has to happen. In, in its, I mean, I, yes. you, you, <laughs> yes. I, I'm just sharing my own experience. <laughs> if you try to push it, it never works. And it's when you when you can let go, that's when it sort of seems to happen more. Right, right. Yeah. Ah, and that's a, another, uh, it's almost like a metaphor for what we're speaking of about, yes. right? Enlightenment, yes. the, the experience yeah. of wholeness, just relaxing into it. Yes, and the more relaxed you are within yourself. Maharishi said enlightenment is the most relaxed state of life. And it's. I love that expression because there's such a, emphasis on work harder, work harder, work harder. And working hard, there's nothing wrong with that, but not to the point where it it um, it destroys your well-being, it destroys uh, uh, your health. And we and we want to work hard, we want to work well, but we want to work smarter. And we want to do less and accomplish more. And if we're rested and fresh and get a and Sleep at night is also very important. If we get a good night's sleep, we do our meditation. Of course, exercise is very important. Eating well is important. Then the more we can accomplish in our work, we're more creative. We have more energy. And instead of going to work totally tired and exhausted and not accomplishing very much or or getting upset with our coworkers or whatever, it's 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 it does require a change of psychology. Yes, and as you said before, which really kind of caught my attention, is that meditation changed the brain. Those yes. are experiences that will change the brain, and then will change the way we think, and then the way we behave, and we are in the world. And speaking of that, I really, I can't wait to speak about the song, but I have another oh, question okay. about yeah, go ahead. transcendental meditation. Do you teach this TM at this time? And um, Well, I've been a teacher for uh, 48 years, 49 years, and I used to teach a lot locally. Um, then I worked at the international level of the TM organization, and I started teaching some of the advanced courses. We have a place in Livingston Manor, New York, that were uh, called the Global Women's Center for Peace and Enlightenment. And when I'm not in Florida, I'm there. And I teach the residence courses that we have there, the advanced courses. And during COVID, we had to move all those courses onto Zoom. So I would teach, help teach those courses on Zoom. So I don't teach now the basic TM course, but if you were to come to a residence course, in Livingston Manor. We want to build a facility there for women all over the world to come and be able to take residence courses once they've learned TM or they could learn TM there. They can take the advanced courses. They can do yoga courses. We have also, we have a university, a women's university courses where we're offering enrichment programs, 
like on Ayurvedic medicine, aromatherapy, Vedic dance. So we have, I'm very involved in that now, uh, getting those programs up and running. Right. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Can we find the information on your website too? Uh, well, my own website is enlightenmentforeveryone.com. Uh, we have a TM Woman's website called tm-woman.org. And the Global Women's Center, I think it's called the Global, let me just look it up, Global, um, we've just gotten the website, uh, yeah, globalwomenscenter.org. I'll have those two links, additional links, on the, your podcast profile too. Oh, great, thank you. then for those who are interested. Yeah, we're, we're in the process of building a building so we can, we only have rooms for about 10 people to come on courses, but we, we're, we're in the process of building so we can have 25 to 30 people come on courses. That sounds so, wonderful. Yeah, yes. I love that. Thank you for being part of this beautiful project, which to me, it's all about the expression of kindness in this reality. So, yes. and that's um, the next topic I have here that I was really wanted to talk about before. And I apologize for the for going on and on with meditation. But I can't help it. No, they're interconnected. I know. Sure. <laughs> so you wrote the song, Be Kind. And that's, you also have a video on, yes. that's on YouTube. I have the link here for the listeners. Talk okay. to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing this song. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I My mother passed away a year and a half ago. And the, the day after she passed away, I went up to the beach. I, I love taking morning walks on the beach. And there were some people coming out of the beach. And I nodded to them and they nodded to me. I smiled. And, but I realized they have no idea what's going on inside of me. And usually I feel this, you could say oneness, just sort of on the same, I don't like to use the word wavelength, but I, I, there's not anything going on inside of me. I'm just happy to be at the beach. And it's there's just nice feeling of seeing them, that they're sharing the same experience. But on that day, I was feeling very delicate and emotional inside, just kind of very tender and raw. And I had the thought, you, this is the first line of the song, you don't know what one is feeling. And it just was a reminder that we can be people we see every day. We might not realize someone had died in their family or they might have just gotten a divorce and we hadn't seen that person in two years and we just don't know what goes on side of people and so it was just a reminder of being kind that it's so important to be kind to other people and uh, we often think of being kind as maybe helping someone out else with who may a poor person or or a homeless person and or a person that has very obvious struggles in their life. And of, and of course, that's completely important. But we don't often think of being kind to the person walking on the beach or just, just someone we see or even our neighbor or someone we don't know what's going on in their life. And so that's what inspired the song. And it's not that we have to do anything except just acknowledge them, be respectful, just say good morning with a smile 
or just being sensitive to other people sometimes because we just don't know what's going inside. And if one is feeling fragile inside, just a just a act of kindness can really help them a lot. Where on the other side, if they're feeling fragile and someone snaps at them or something, it can it can crush them inside as well. The heart is delicate. It's it's like a it's like a flower, but you don't want to trample upon it. And of course, if we're strong in ourselves, we can take criticism. We can take we can deal with things that come from the outside. If we're happy and full, it can bounce off of us. But if we're feeling delicate one day inside, and then it, it, it penetrates into us if someone snaps at us or something. So the song is just is really just a simple reminder, that's all. There's something very subtle about kindness in the way we perceive it, being gentle. That's the recognition that we share the same essence. Yes. Right? We know it's like that no way. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Ah. And then compassion, as you mentioned, when you we talked about helping other people uh, in a direct way, that sounds, I mean, to me, I would interpret as being compassionate, almost compassionate in action, and then doing something about it, which is very important too. I agree. Yes. All levels, all levels. We have to take care of everything on all levels of life, from volunteering and whatever interests us, helping people. There's some drug addiction, so so many things that people need help with these days. But the essence of a lot of problems is stress. The essence, uh, or the not the essence, the reasons for a lot of problems is stress, lack of spiritual fulfillment, um, lack of creativity. If you're bogged down in stress, you, you don't see solutions to problems. And if you can see solutions, then the problems really don't exist. They're just something to work through, to, to, to solve, uh, to come up with ideas, to w- work through them. And that's successful business people. They're, when you run a business, it's essentially solving one problem after another, really. But business people don't see them as problems. They see them as a way to expand their business and if you're stressed and burn out, everything is a problem. And so, and then when everything's a problem, you then that creates more problems for yourself. You get depressed. You don't sleep at night. It's a whole cycle that can cause downward spirals. It's a beautiful message of taking care of ourselves, being kind to ourselves first. You wrote a quote. I saw this quote in your website, you say, if we want to have a kinder world, we need to start by being more kind to our family, friends, and even strangers. I know you didn't include ourselves here, but that's a given, isn't it? Yeah. Well, in in the blog I write about kindness, I also mention be kind to yourself because sometimes we'll make a mistake. We'll say something we don't wish we hadn't have said. And then we're really hard on ourselves. or a mother's hard because she got upset to, with her child. And so she's, and we have to, we have to be kind to ourselves. but being kind to ourselves just doesn't, it's not just patting yourself on the back and saying, that's okay. Being kind to yourself means getting good rest at night 
taking care of yourself, eating well, taking time for yourself. If you can, a lot of mothers have a job that they have to come home to their kids. And it's hard. It's hard. But if you can take 20 minutes to meditate twice a day, that the, the rest gained during transcendental meditation is twice as deep as that of sleep. So it's really a way to rejuvenate yourself. You still need sleep. It doesn't replace sleep, but it's such a great energy boost for oneself and also just helps to relax the physiology. So being kind is not just a pat on the back. It means taking care of yourself. Yes. Uh, thank you for saying that, adding that. And I remember reading that on your website too, of course. Yes. It's yes. common sense to me. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. And and before I ask them, I want to mention two other quotes that caught my attention on your website. Yes. You quoted, uh, if I can pronounce his name, the French philosopher Jean-Jacques uh, Rousseau. He said, uh, what wisdom can you find that is greater than kindness? Oh, yes, yes. And then there's also one by somebody who is unknown. Uh, kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. I love that. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Um, uh, the thing is, everyone, even people who seem mean or rough or in trouble, everyone wants kindness. Everyone wants respect. Everyone wants to be treated with dignity and and it's just it's hard sometimes when someone's being difficult and and sometimes we have to take a breath and we don't want to damage one's feeling level at all and that's that goes much deeper than um uh there's a saying uh, speak the truth but speak the truth which is pleasing. We don't speak the truth that hurts people. And you don't, you don't have to make a mood of it. If someone walks in with a, with um, a terrible looking dress on and they say, do you like my dress? You don't have to say, I'd love your dress because that's not truthful, but you, there's ways around it. I, I'm trying to think what I would say. <laughs> yes. what I would say. Just like, yeah. well, well, you know, it's a nice dress. You know, I don't know. I, that's maybe a not You know what I mean. We, 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 we find a way to say something that doesn't hurt them. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I always find something to compliment yes, people. If I have yes. to, I'll find something. Yes, yes, yes. But but one one very subtle important point. We don't want to make a mood of always being kind. It has to be genuine. You have to feel it in your heart. I mean, it's better to make a mood of being kind than certainly to be mean. But you really have to feel it from in your heart. And if you're stressed, because if you're making mood of it all the time, that actually creates more stress inside of you. It, it's false. And people see through that as well. So you have to genuinely feel it inside. But then if you can't, my 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 parents used to tell me, 
if you can't say something nice, it's better not to say it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's just the silence. <laughs> True. That's the word of wisdom, too, there with regards to kindness. Yes, know. I love that. And that's another beautiful insight. Not yeah. trying to be kind just because yeah. I have to. This is something that's it's a practice, although it's a beautiful practice, as you mentioned, too, yes. necessary. But I love the idea of being truthful in a kind way. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. usually. Yeah how I do it and also being creating boundaries that's being kind to oneself exactly very good point very good point. Uh, I want to ask you a few more questions but before that uh, the ending questions would you like to add anything that you left unsaid for today I would just like to say I love your questions and your depth of questions and I can just see what a kind heart you have and just I can just feel so much inside you that that desire to connect to the whole world and bring this knowledge to the world and the importance of having these discussions. These discussions are important. And so I just want to thank you for what you're doing and and just just express appreciation. Ah, thank you, and The heart, it's open and it's exactly it. It's about sharing something that we can all benefit from. It's yes, exactly. all of us, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a deep wish that um, it's already here. I'm already doing this. You are doing, I mean, so many wonderful people I meet every day. But we still see so much um, of this struggle in the world, so much I know. Challenges. I, know. I wonder why. Like, why is this still happening? There are so many beautiful people out there. Well, I... Th- It's hard to understand, but one thing I feel is that the press and the news, they just focus on promoting that. And then there's people like you who are promoting the opposite. And I think there's a growing awareness, a growing desire for people who want to put their attention not on the negative, but on the positive, because that that which you put your attention on in life grows in your life. So even though personally I like to be aware of the news, I I have a political family, so I like to know what's going on and being able to discuss discuss, um, political viewpoints. I don't put too much attention on it because I really feel change comes from many directions and politics is so far behind what the people want. I really feel that. And I feel that more and more change has to come from the people. And when people demand more kindness, when they demand more happiness, when they demand health programs rather than disease programs, or or when they would demand more organic, better quality food, then eventually the government will respond. But I do think there is an underlying movement that we don't see on the surface that is really dedicated to improving the quality of life, speaking about more spiritual things. So it's important to create your own light in your own home and not have neg- bring negativity in your home or not dwell yes. on the negativity at least. Yes. Yeah. That's another beautiful message for all of us. A reminder, right, to make our, yeah. our home sacred, uh, yes. a sacred space. I a, ha- a happy place. Yes. Because it yeah. does start from the individual and then the home and then the town and then the world. All, it really does all begin. Peace begins within in the heart first and then spreads out. 
If there is one message you wish everyone who listens to this interview to take with them, what would that be? I would have to say to transcend. I think transcendence is changing life from the deepest level. As I said before, we can change life through politics. We can change life through different organizations, which are all have their place. But there are all these forces in life. There are political forces. There are economic forces. There's creative forces. There are environmental forces. But there's also the force of silence. There's the force that emanates from every human being. And the more we can experience transcendence, which the Vedas say is a field of bliss, it's a field of fullness, it's a field of wholeness, it's a field of peace, the more we can experience that, enliven that, the more it will spread in the environment and the more that we can get groups doing it, people meditating together in large groups, then that we have a quantum leap in influencing the environment. So if we really want to change the world, I would say change it from the deepest level, and that's from the transcendent. Wow. You can still do Uh, it from the other levels, but start from the deep, because it's the basis. It's like the foundation for everything in life. Yes. Uh, Thank you for saying that. Yes. I have a deep appreciation for the depth of existence, which is here all the time. And we just, um, we miss it for some reason because we are so distracted with uh, with what exists that we forget yes. uh, existence itself. A beautiful <laughs> right? point. That's a wonderful, wonderful point. Thank you so much, Anne, for your presence here today, for your contribution to peace in this reality from that deep place. That's not a place. (laughs) And uh, everything else in between that could be felt today. Very subtle, too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Valeria. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Take good care of yourself. Okay, thank you. You too. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Anne Purcell and her work, please visit enlightenmentforeveryone.com. You may also email Anne at annepurcell108 at gmail.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.